Good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you are here to worship with us. And good morning to everybody that's watching online. If you're watching online, write something in the comments. If you're watching online, I'm going to give them a, a, an extra assignment. Write your favorite U2 song this morning so we know what it is. Um, so Wednesday night, Catherine, Wednesday night's going to be awesome. So this Wednesday night, um, youth and kids are invited to dress up in Halloween costumes. I'm just going to throw this out there. If you're in Pastor Sam's Bible study, wear a Halloween costume this Wednesday night. It's going to be great. Pastor Sam's going to be dressed in a costume. It's going to be amazing. So we're going to have a lot of fun. I know the youth, we're going to do a devotional on fear, and then we're just going to have fun and games. It's going to be a blast. Catherine, October 31st is the big day. It's Halloween. And at two, uh, from 2 to 4, we're going to be out at the Casey Farm. Uh, we're going to have trunk or treat. And you know what we need? We still need some more trunks. So what all that means is you bring your car, you pop the hood of your trunk, and you hand out candy. You can decorate your trunk too if you want. You can dress up. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, so you want to be there. And even if you don't have a trunk, just come hang out with us. Um, check out our Men at the Well Bible study. It is the coolest thing going on in Gadsden right now. It's uh, on Zoom. Um, and I wanted to make sure you know about this. Uh, November 7th is All Saints Sunday. It's one of my favorite uh, church services of the year. So make sure you join us for that as well. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, uh, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. 
That's great. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to invite our children to go with Miss Catherine. If we got any kids this morning, we're going to go with Miss Catherine. If not, Miss Catherine's going to stay. I don't know. She may go. All right. She's going to check the nursery. I'm glad that you're worshiping with us today. I'm glad you're worshiping with us online. And I want to thank you for your support by your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service. Our offering plates are here if you're in the building and you want to give that way. And I want to encourage you to give uh, online, give by text. We're going to say a prayer over our offerings that we give to God. We always do that. I also want to pray for your needs. If you have a prayer request you want to send to us, we take those very seriously. We have a prayer uh, team that meets. We have a prayer chain. We kind of keep in, in touch through the, the prayer grapevine. And we offer those prayers to God. Will you pray with me this morning? God, it's a beautiful day that you've given us. It's a beautiful time to be able to worship with, uh, with our fellow followers. Uh, we all want to draw close to you today, Lord. Uh, we all want to, to hear from you today. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be any good at all, Lord, if we, just, if we just sang a few songs and we didn't have our hearts touched. So each and every one of us, Lord, whatever our needs are, would you touch us where we are? Whether it's for comfort or strength or healing or, or just encouragement, just lift us up today. Take what we give to you, Lord. We give you what we have just as we are. Whether it's a lot or a little, we give it to you. Knowing that you will take it and you will bless it and you will use it to make your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
If I just had some cool blue sunglasses and an Irish accent, I'd be, uh, I'd be set this morning. But I don't have either one, so I, want, I just want to say thank you to the praise band. When we first got the idea of Rocktober, uh, to, you may be wondering, why, why in the world are we even doing this? If you're, especially if you're joining us for the first time watching uh, online today. But we, we decided that uh, we wanted to just do something fun and different, but that we wanted to claim the, the truth that sometimes we hear in, in rock songs and country songs and things. We want to claim that truth because God is truth and all truth comes from God. And there are so many of these songs that have a, a deep spiritual meaning like this one that the praise band sang today. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. And by the way, uh, again, hats off to the praise band because when I came to them and, and talked to them about doing something crazy like this, about singing a, a song every week from a different decade, uh, you couldn't go to any band that plays in any club in town and say, hey, I want you to do something from the 60s, from the 70s, from the 80s, from the 90s, and from the 2000s uh, week after week. And, and they didn't even bat an eye. They didn't even bat an eye. And they did so well. And I appreciate them so much for that. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So, okay, just a little plug for November. How in the world, Pastor Andy, are we going to follow up Rocktober? The only way I know to follow it up is with Shovember. No, you think I'm kidding, we are. We're going to be, we're going to be in both services um, doing some songs from some of the greatest uh, musical shows on Broadway. The first Sunday is going to be a, a beautiful song from Jesus Christ Superstar, and it's going to be for All Saints Sunday. So, look, we're going to just we're just going to keep it coming. It's going to be in celebration and in traditions in November for Showvember. All right, today our scripture is Ecclesiastes chapter two, verses one through eleven. I said to myself, "Come now, I will make a test of pleasure. Enjoy yourself." But again, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it's mad and of pleasure. What use is it? I searched with my mind how to cheer my body with wine. My mind still guiding me with wisdom. And how to lay hold on folly until I might see what was good for mortals to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks. I planted them in all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which water in the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves. I had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and treasure of kings and of provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and delights of the flesh and many concubines. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. For my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I spent it in doing it. And again, all was vanity and chasing after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last Tuesday, we had our charge conference, and if you, uh, if you didn't grow up Methodist or you, 
have forgotten, charge conferences that one time a year when uh, we do reports about all the ministries and all the missions of our church. And I would have to tell you, I have mixed feelings about charge conference. There is a big part of me that, that has this kind of feeling. Oh no, I have to do all these reports and all these forms. And can I get an amen from the back row with Susan back there? She's, she was, yeah, she's, and Pastor Andy too. He's just like, uh, but there's another part of me, a less cynical part of me that says this is a chance for us to report on what we're doing. This is a chance for us to say, here is our story of how the kingdom of God is advancing at the corner of Fifth and Chestnut in downtown Gadsden, Alabama. Here is a chance for us to say, our church is alive and well. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to get to tell the DS and the bishop what we're doing. So Tuesday night, we turned in our reports and we did all of that other thing, all the stuff you do at charge conference. And then our district superintendent brought us a message. In his sermon, he told a story that really stuck in my heart. I want to share it with you today. It's a story about Mother Teresa, how several years ago, Mother Teresa came to the United States for some conference or something. And of course, she had around her all of her handlers, I guess you could call them, people who took her from place to place because... Um, she wasn't familiar with where she was going and all. But after she got done with all of her conference, conferences or visits or whatever she did, there was a driver who was driving her back to the airport to go home and making conversation with Mother Teresa. The driver said, uh, well, Mother Teresa, now that you have seen uh, the United States, what do you think of our country? And Mother Teresa thought for a moment, and here's what she said. I have never seen a country that was more hungry. I've never seen a country that was more hungry. Well, on the surface, that sounds insane. I mean, we're the richest country in the world. As, as for food, I saw recently a, a report on feedingamerica.org where we in the United States wasted 108 billion pounds of food last year. Would you like to guess what percentage of the food that we produce that goes wasted? 40 per, I didn't let you guess. 40% goes wasted. That just, that just hurts me and blows my mind. Because at the same time, if you look at USDA's latest household food insecurity report... 38 million people were food insecure in 2020. That means at some point they went hungry or they didn't know where their food was going to come from. So how do you balance those? It's so ironic and it's so sad and so wrong that the richest country in the world has food insecurity problems. But here's the thing. Physical hunger was not what Mother Teresa was talking about at all. Physical hunger is a problem. There's a, there's a hunger of the belly, yes, but there is a deep down soul hunger that I think that Mother Teresa was getting at. A hunger of the heart and the soul. I've never seen a country, she said, that was more hungry. There's a hunger that, that can't be satisfied with the richest of foods, you see, a hunger that can't be uh, satisfied with the greatest of pleasures or with the height of vocational success, which leads me to say things like what Bono said in the song that our praise band just sang, that popular song, that smash hit for you too. I still haven't found what I've, I was looking for. He, he sang and, and wrote this, I've climbed highest mountains, I've run through fields, I've run, I've crawled, I've scaled city walls. I've kissed honey lips, felt healing in her fingertips, spoke with the tongue of angels, held the hand of the devil. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I've tried all of these things, Bono sings, but my soul's still hungry. Can you relate to that? That, that kind of yearning and that hunger, I can. 
I've been at points in my life where I thought, yeah, is, is this all there is? So King Solomon could have related to Bono too. King Solomon, he actually said something like this 29 years before Bono sang his famous song. Solomon, who wrote these, this book we just read, Ecclesiastes, he said something like this. I tried filling my life with pleasure, but I was still left hungry. It was all vanity. You see, you can't read the book of Ecclesiastes without seeing that word over and over again. Vanity, vanity. All is vanity, says the teacher who was Solomon. Vanity. Vanity is a word in the Old Testament that means emptiness. It means futility. My favorite description of it is one Bible scholar said, it is what is left after a soap bubble is popped. Nothing. Poof. All is vanity. Solomon tried to fill that emptiness with pursuing pleasure. Now, when I say he pursued pleasure, I don't mean that he had a nice dinner and a walk on the beach at sunset. I, I, I'm talking about a man who was literally the wealthiest king on earth at his time. Through commerce and through trading and through gifts from other kings that wanted to get in Solomon's favor and through taxation and tributes from other nations modern day estimates say that Solomon had a fortune of about 2.2 trillion dollars trillion okay so with that kind of money could you throw a pretty good party you think you could you think you could have a pretty elaborate feast with that kind of money with that kind of money, do you think you could get the finest wine to sip on? I'm not talking about like the cheap stuff in the box. I, I, mean, I mean really, really a lot of it, right? Not to mention other kinds of pleasure besides food and drink. Solomon said there wasn't anything that my heart desired that I kept from it. Just whatever I thought might be fun, I just dove right in. Just delights, anything, delights of the flesh, over the top. I mean, over the top. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. I remember hearing that as a kid. I've grown up in church all my life. And I heard that one time. I don't know what preacher said it in my, my church. And I went to my mom. I said, Mama, what's a concubine? And you know what she said? Go ask your daddy. <laughs> no. Actually, what a concubine was in the Old Testament was a sexual partner that did not have the status of wife. Get the picture? He had 300 of them in addition to his 700 wives. How about the pleasure of entertainment? We all like entertainment. What kind of entertainment could you have with a couple of trillion dollars at hand? Could you have, it's, well, here's what Ecclesiastes says. I hired both men and women singers. I'm like, come on. What I'm thinking is every show on the Las Vegas Strip, every single, every single performer on the Grammys Awards, every single performer on the Country Music Awards, the best symphony orchestras in the world, the best opera singers, whatever, all at the same humongous big party entertainment yep Solomon said I tried that as a matter of fact I pursued pleasure like nobody else before me had ever pursued pleasure I partied like it was 1999 BC but I still didn't find what I was looking for he said I tried filling my life with work accomplishments it left my soul hungry. And when I say that, I mean he built houses, he built gardens, he built vineyards. Probably the crowning accomplishment of King Solomon's life, though, was the great Solomon's temple in Jerusalem. I, I mean, spectacular. Solomon's dad, King David, wanted to build a temple for God and a permanent place for the Ark of the Covenant to be housed 
But God's told David, no, you are a warrior king. You've shed too much blood. You're not going to build it, but your son's going to build it. And it'll be great. So Solomon did. He started about 966 B.C. And he started bringing together. One cool fact, and I know I'm a nerd, y'all. Just bear with me. One cool fact about the building of Solomon's temple was there wasn't very much construction noise at all. It was such a sacred place. They didn't want sounds of hammers and, and saws and chisels and all of that kind of stuff. So they prepared all the stones at the quarry. They prepared all the lumber at the forest. And they just brought it together and they put it together in this massive, we can read about it in 1 Kings 6, this massive temple the main part of the temple, 180 feet long, 90 feet wide, 50 feet high, but it spread out in other places. There were places where the temple of Solomon was 20 stories high. The roof was made out of, of the cedars of Lebanon. Everything, everywhere you look was overlaid with gold. In the rear of the temple, the main rear of the temple, there was a cubed, perfect cubed place area called the Holy of Holies that was even more elaborate than everything else. Everything covered in cedar and gold. Elaborate carvings of cherubim and palm trees and open flowers, all of it overlaid with gold. The grandest, most fabulous place around Everyone who looked at Solomon's houses, everyone that looked at Solomon's gardens, his vineyards, especially everybody that looked at Solomon's temple was blown away and awestruck. Wow. Everything about what he did screamed success. But he still hadn't found what he was looking for. And Solomon pursued power. He said, I became great. My greatness surpassed all who had come before me. Power, wisdom. You know, Solomon was known for his great wisdom. But he still had a hungry soul. He still hadn't found what he was looking for. Now you think, Pastor Sam, you're just preaching, right? You're, you're, something about you, something about me thinks... Oh, you must be exaggerating. Because something about you, something about me, wants to think that if I just had a little bit more of whatever, a little bit more of money, a little bit more of love, a little bit more of this power, success, whatever, if I just had a little bit. Part of us wants to think that. But look, Solomon tried all of that. He tried all of it in a way that we'll never get to try. And here's what he said. After all of that, he said, I considered all that my hands had done and the toil that I spent doing it. All of it was vanity. All of it was chasing the wind. And there was nothing to be gained with it. And y'all, this would be the saddest, most depressing sermon in the world if I just said amen and left it right there. Wouldn't it? All is vanity. Nothing's... To be gained under the sun, it would be the most depressing thing ever. I'm going to leave it there. We're not going to leave it there. Thank God that Solomon didn't leave it there. And even Bono didn't leave it there. But we need to, we need to grab, before we go on, we need to grab a hold of that, that yearning and not finding. It's so important for us to grasp the truth that, that all of us are hungry. Everybody's got this deep down hunger. And, and when we live for pleasure, when we pursue pleasure, thinking we're going to feed that hunger, it ain't going to work. When, when we live for work accomplishments and we think that, that if I could just climb higher, if I can just win more awards, thinking that that's going to feed that hunger, it's not going to work. And when power and greatness becomes our goal, when when we get to the point where the, the love of power is greater than the power of love in our life, our souls are still going to be hungry. You know, you know where Solomon, the richest, wisest, most powerful king on earth, you, you know what he ended up with? Chapter 2, verse 17, he said this. 
So I hated life. I hated life. For it was all vanity. It's all meaningless. So stay with me and don't check out here. If, if, you're, if you're worshiping online and you thought about getting up and going to the kitchen and getting a snack or, or changing the channel and watching a football game, stay with me, okay? Because this is important. Solomon doesn't leave us there. Here's what he says in the rest of the book of Ecclesiastes. And I kind of boil this down to four things, four important truths that he tells us. One is this, life comes in seasons and some of them are happy and some of them are sad. If you don't know anything else about the book of Ecclesiastes, you probably have heard Ecclesiastes 3.1. For everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. And he goes down through there and he listens, lists all of those time to love and a time to hate, time of war and a time of peace, time to, to mourn and a time to dance. God has made all things beautiful in his time. There's just seasons for everything. Another important truth that Solomon, that doesn't leave us hanging with this hungry heart, he says life is an adventure, so we have to live by faith. Ecclesiastes 11, he says, cast your bread on the water and it will come back to you someday. You've got to have a little faith. He says if you spend all your time worrying about the wind, you'll never sow your seed. Listen to that. If you spend all your time just worrying about the wind, blowing it, you'll never sow your seed. If you spend all your time looking up at the clouds, you'll never get around to harvesting. So live by faith because life's an adventure. He says life is a gift from God and we've got to enjoy it while we have it. Haven't we learned something like that? Hopefully these lessons over the last couple of years we've learned to better, better take your enjoyment and enjoy life while you have it. Solomon said in chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes, it's nothing better than to eat and drink and find enjoyment in your work, for this is from the hand of God. Light is sweet, he says in chapter 11, and it's pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. Even those who live many years should rejoice in them all. Enjoy the life that God has given you. It's all a gift from God. And then he said, this is the last thing. Life is a school. All, all of life is a school. And we need to learn our lessons well. Besides being rich and powerful, he was a teacher. He, he, he wrote Proverbs. You ever, you ever read the book of Proverbs? Maybe go back and read them sometime because there are a lot of wise lessons and there are 31 Proverbs, almost like there's one for every day of the month. Life is a school. Let's learn our lessons well. Well, we started out with a song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, so I want to revisit that as we close. There's a lot of yearning, a lot of hunger in that song, but... Bono also sings this. He said, I believe in kingdom come that all the colors will bleed into one. But yes, I'm still running. And then he says this. You broke the bonds. You loosed the chains. Carried the cross of my shame. You know I believe it. Well, I do too, Bono. You know? Because that's the final truth. There is somebody that loved you enough to carry the cross of your shame. There is someone who can, can break the bonds and loose the chains that hold us really to this meaningless life that we're pursuing. The pursuit of pleasure and power and possessions. There is an answer there is something that will feed our hungry souls and that's the bread of life Jesus there is something that will quench our unquenchable thirst and that is the living water Jesus there is a place where our restless hearts can rest and that is in Jesus so that's the invitation Come to him. 
and you say, you know, Pastor Sam, I've been watching you and listening to you for a while and you keep talking about Jesus and I really kind of am interested, but I don't, I don't know what to do. Well, if that's where you are, I really, really want to talk to you some more. I really want to, to talk with you. I want to pray with you. Pastor Andy wants to talk to you and pray with you because this really is what will satisfy your hunger. This, this really is what will quench the, your soul thirst. Jesus, come unto him. Let's pray. Lord, we all at some level can relate to that, that hunger that can't be met through all of the things we try to fill it with. And we've, we've all tried to, to think, if I, could, if I just had more entertainment, if I just had better hobbies, if my ball team would just win more, if I just got a promotion, or if I just found the right person to love, uh, all of that, Lord. Help us to learn the lessons from somebody who tried it all and still came up empty. And help us to learn to say yes to the only thing that can satisfy our souls. The only thing that can fill the emptiness. Help us to say yes to you today, Jesus. Amen. Now may that grace that flows down cover us. May the bread of heaven come and feed our hungry souls and the water of life quench that thirst in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.